Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, Book One of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 4 Chess Katie looked around. She didn't seem to be anywhere she recognized. The room was not very large and almost bare of furniture. An old couch was in the corner. Two chairs and a table sat across from the couch. The walls, once white, were stained yellow. There were no curtains or furnishings in the window. Hello. She turned towards the sound realizing she wasn't alone. She had a hard time containing her excitement when she saw Jackson leaning on the doorframe. She smiled and took a couple of steps towards him. Hi. Jackson straightened and put his hands in his pocket. I thought this would be easier for us to talk. He gestured around the empty room. See? No tigers. Katie laughed, a soft, tinkling sound. Yes, <laughs> it would be hard to imagine a great big tiger in here. Jackson chuckled, then caught himself, as though he wasn't used to the sound. I'm pretty proud of myself coming up with this. Why would you do that? Katie asked, taking another step towards him. I told you, I was curious. Baffled, Katie cocked her head to one side. Curious about what? You. The words sent a warm glow throughout her body. She beamed. I'm really not that interesting, she said in a shy voice, her head dipping down. Jackson cocked his head. Really? Who else has a great white tiger as a guardian? Katie gave him a small frown. A guardian? You didn't notice the tiger only wanted to take you away from me? Yeah, I noticed, she said with a shrug. I didn't think she was protecting me. She paused, giving Jackson a questioning look. Do I need protection from you? Jackson simply shrugged. Yes. Why? Because I'm the bad guy, he said with a grin. Bad guy, huh? No one could be that gorgeous and be a bad guy. How are you the bad guy? Oh, you know. Total world dominion, sacrificing of small children, slavery of the minions, power, money, that sort of thing. He took a step towards her. He was close enough to touch her. He slowly reached out to touch her hair and froze. Katie stood mesmerized by his closeness. Seeing him freeze, she gave him a puzzled frown. A shocked expression came into Jackson's face. The familiar growl echoed in the room behind her. Once again, she closed her eyes, squared her shoulders, and turned slowly to face what she knew was behind her. The tiger took up the entire room. It really had no place to move. It must have appeared out of thin air. 
The growling increased, echoing off the walls, making the sound all the more menacing. Jackson raised his hands in surrender. This seemed to appease the tiger a little, because the growling slowed down, becoming softer. I just want to talk, he said to the tiger in a soft, not-so-steady voice. Is that going to work? Katie whispered. I don't know. I'm willing to try anything at the moment, he said, not taking his eyes off the tiger. He did something completely surprising. He knelt down in what could only be described as a complete submissive posture. The tiger stepped forward and grasped Katie's shirt with its teeth, tugging her away from Jackson. Jackson sat back on his haunches with his arms outstretched in submission. I just want to talk. That's all. The tiger stared at Jackson before slowly getting down on the floor. Katie, not knowing what she should do, studied the scene in front of her. Jackson took a quick glance towards her. Why don't you sit down too? Keeping her eyes on the tiger, she cautiously sat down in front of Jackson. Now what do we do? She whispered, keeping her eyes steady on the enormous beast. Jackson shrugged. It appears your guardian has agreed we can talk. My guardian? She repeated stupidly. Yeah, you know, the humongous tiger sitting behind you. Jackson's voice halted as a tiger got up, walked between Jackson and Katie, and laid down between them. The tiger's backside was touching her leg while its head was facing Jackson. The tiger's face was so close to Jackson he immediately scooted backward till his back was against the wall. She tentatively reached out, touching the tiger. Its fur was springy and very soft. Jackson sat watching her inquisitively. You're not very afraid of it, are you? Katie looked up, realizing he was right. No, it feels like we've been friends for a long time. Apparently. Jackson gave another pause. It looked as if he decided to ignore the tiger between them. So, tell me about yourself. Since this was a dream, and the boy sitting on the other side of the tiger wasn't real, Katie felt completely relaxed around him. She told him everything she could possibly think of. She talked about her two best friends, Lizzie and Sam, and what she liked best about them. He didn't seem surprised when she told him she liked playing every sport her school had to offer. He liked the same things she did. She loved to watch his eyes light up when she told him a funny story about herself. He was open about sports and activities he did in school, but became reserved when she asked about his personal life. Katie didn't mind. She just thought he didn't really know her. When he knew her better, he would open up to her more. After a while, Jackson reluctantly stood up. Are you leaving? Katie asked, surprised. Jackson smiled, still cautious of the tiger between them. No, you are. I'm leaving? Confused, Katie glanced around. Yes, it's time for you to wake up. The alarm sounded, 
and Katie woke up startled. Sweat was streaming down her face. She felt so hot she thought she was going to combust. The cold shower did not cool her down. She dressed for school and ran to Lizzie's car when the horn blared outside. Are you crazy? Lizzie asked as she climbed into the car. What? Looking at the dumbfounded faces of both her friends. It's November, Sam said in an exasperated tone. Yeah, I know, Katie said, not getting their point. Normal people wear jackets when it's cold outside. Katie saw for the first time that her friends were bundled up in warm jackets. She, on the other hand, was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. I'm hot! I'm not going to change, so let's go! Katie endured several snide comments from teachers and friends about her attire. By lunchtime, she was so cold, she didn't think she would ever get warm again. She went to the nurse's office, asking if she could go home. The nurse huffed about what she was wearing, but eventually called her mom. The next couple of weeks, Katie was in a constant state of confusion. She randomly became so hot, she could hardly breathe. The next minute, she was so cold, she thought icicles would hang off her nose. Her first thought was maybe it was the flu, but nobody else seemed to have the same symptoms. She started toting around a backpack so she could change into shorts or warm clothes on demand. Her emotions were all over the place. Basketball practice helped her get rid of a lot of steam. Several times, she had to bite her tongue and not lash out at her coach. She didn't tell her friends about Jackson. It was the first time she had kept anything from them. Her relationship with him wasn't exactly real, was it? How do you say, hey, guess what? I met this really cute guy, and I see him every night in my dreams. They would think she was crazy. Maybe she was, she wondered to herself. Her only sanctuary was when she fell asleep and could see Jackson. Every night she looked forward to going to sleep so she could see him again. Sometimes he wasn't there. Later... She would ask him where he was. His reply was always, You're the one who didn't show up. Since she didn't know how they were able to see each other in the first place, she had no idea how to change the situation. The tiger was always there. She got so comfortable with the tiger, she would stroke her till she purred. A couple of times, Jackson reached out to stroke her and almost got his hand bitten off. Katie had pointed out, since they were both in some kind of dream world, maybe he wouldn't get physically hurt. He gave her a twisted smile and told her he wasn't about to test her theory. One night, Jackson pulled out a chessboard and started setting up the pieces on the small table in the room. Where did you get that? she asked. Jackson looked up surprised. This is a dream, he said, as if that explained it. So, so, Jackson mimicked her. You can have anything you want. Katie lifted her arms and gestured around her. 
Are you telling me we don't have to be in this cramped, ugly room? Jackson's eyebrows rose. You don't like my room? You live here? Katie gave the room a closer look. I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, but your place needs some serious help. Jackson gave her a questioning look. If you were the decorator, what would you do? Oh, I don't know. Paint, hang pictures, maybe some curtains. Katie started ticking off changes with her fingers. What color paint? White, with a little touch of blue, Katie said without hesitation. Ah, she said in surprise, as the walls instantly had a fresh coat of paint. She turned and stared at Jackson, a look of surprise on her face. How did you do that? Jackson shrugged. Like I said, this is a dream world. You can do anything you want. Well, within reason, he said, looking at the tiger. Blue curtains, she said in a rush. Light blue curtains appeared on the windows. No, not that color blue. Do you have any idea how many shades of blue there are? Why don't you try the decorating so I don't have to read your mind? Okay. Katie rubbed her hands together. How do I do it? You just picture in your head what you want. Then you just make it happen. It was much harder than Jackson's explanation. Katie had to really concentrate. A few times Jackson had to jump in to help her. Soon she got the hang of it. By the time they sat down to play chess, the curtains were a navy blue. A new hardwood floor gleamed in the glow of new light fixtures. Her mother's painted artwork was on the walls. She was rather pleased with herself. I never knew it could look like this, Jackson said grudgingly. It has, he paused, a strange catch in his voice. It has a real homey feel. He smiled and turned to her. Thank you. Katie couldn't stop smiling. You're welcome. Checkmate. What? No way, Katie said, trying to find a way out. Finally conceding, she laid down her king. Drat, I never win at this game. You would play better if you're willing to sacrifice a man. Hey, everyone is important. No, pawns are not very important and can be sacrificed. If, for example, your queen is in danger, you sacrifice a pawn to save the queen. I don't agree. Don't you think the pawn's feelings would be hurt if he knew he was expendable? Katie tried to explain her reasoning. Jackson couldn't help himself. He started chuckling. Pawns are pieces of wood. They don't have feelings. I know that. I'm just saying they're important too. You can't try and save everyone or nothing gets done. He gestured towards the board. If no one dies, there's actually no room to move. A pawn, Katie said with dignity, is just as important as any other man on the board. It has a job, and that job is not always to sacrifice himself for some fancy pants. Jackson was laughing so hard tears were coming out of his eyes. Fancy pants, he repeated. Katie couldn't help the smile creeping into her face. Yes, F-A-N-C-Y-P-A-N-T-S. She spelled it out slowly, grinning while Jackson roared with laughter. A buzzing started sounding in her ears. What's that? Katie opened her eyes and reached over to turn off the alarm. 
Once again, her sheets were wet with sweat. Going to the shower, she wondered if she was truly going insane. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pond, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.